0: This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting, and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field, and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out the ReluctantLeader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today, I'm talking to Susan Heaton-Wright. Susan is an impact communications and speaking trainer for emerging leaders and the creator of the superstar communicator, Philosophy. She is an international speaker, the MD of award winning music company Viva Live Music, podcaster, and former prize winning international opera singer. She delivers seminars, workshops, and individual training for many companies, including AstraZeneca, Shell, and AXA. She is regularly interviewed on BBC Radio 5 Live, BBC Two, local radios, and international podcasts. Susan has contributed to articles in Forbes, The Guardian, Huffington Post, Thrive Global. scotsman and trade publications susan is a fellow of the royal geographical society the royal society of arts and the incorporated society of musicians she leads a project of musicians in greece annually to deliver music workshops to refugees in athens as part of the love without borders charity i hope you enjoy this chat we had about superstar communication and i'll catch you all on the other side Susan, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Oh,
1: thank you very much for having me.
0: It's uh, going to be an interesting one today, uh, talking about superstar communicating, and um, I think that's all. Um, There's one thing that I always um, get people—they um, always say things about leadership uh, and that sort of realm—is that it's oh, it's all about the communication. So I think when we talk about communicating, it, it's really important in that. We need to get our message across, isn't it? And um, that's the th- that's the thing um, that um, we need to get that so it lands and we can actually move on. So, but b- before we um, we get stuck into that topic, uh, the f- the question I always ask my guests is: Why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down this route?
1: Ah, uh, that's such a good question. You know, I. Was someone who was very shy as a teenager and really struggled to get heard. And I'm sure that listeners will, it will resonate with many of you when other people laugh at you when you're reading in class. And it reached the point when I went for an interview as a 16 year old to WH Smith. I didn't say a word and they didn't offer me a job. And I paid at the age of 17 another prefect to lead the prayers when it was my turn to do it and even at 19 when I was at university when you had to deliver a paper to the rest of your tu- tutorial group I was terrified um, there were four in the tutorial group so it wasn't a massive group but I went on from that eventually to become an international opera singer. So I was singing as a soloist in front of 3000 people, but I looked back to that, my younger self and realized that I'd never been introduced to let alone acquired the skills that can help you with managing your nerves and really making an impact when you speak. And, It is for that reason I know people that are amazing, perhaps are amazing leaders or amazing within a team who are struggling to get heard for whatever reason or are being undervalued.
0: Right, yeah, so that's quite a powerful thing. So you avoided doing what you do now when you were younger and now I guess that makes you more passionate about it because you know the difference it makes.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I, I think back to certain situations when I was younger, and I must admit it's a bit of an Achilles heel for me that when I feel that I'm being undervalued or overlooked because because people don't think that I'm right for that role, um, I know what it's like, and and you know I've got a number of examples when I was a when I was younger when really. Um, I was undervalued and my intelligence and perhaps my skill set was not seen for what it was. And Mm. I know that there are people out there who are absolutely brilliant that are doing that in the workplace now. And there's part of them thinking, oh, why didn't I get noticed? Or why did they just ignore what I said in that meeting? And it's for that reason alone that I love what I do because I hear back from my clients and they say, I nailed it. They heard what I said and they're running with it.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. I know how that feels that, um, there's something that stops you from speaking up and I don't, I, I suppose, um, it, it it is, it goes back to a bit of mindset, doesn't it? It's, it's about what you think people are going to think of you uh, and trying to, um, not think too much of that, isn't it? Is that something that you come across a lot?
1: Yes, it is. And um, certainly within my communications model that I've created, Superstar Communicator, one of the first things that I do working with people is for them to think about their message from the audience's perspective, how it might land for them, how you can create... The message that will really resonate with them, so it will make an impact.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people speak, and I do a bit of speaking myself, and I think the thing that I've learned along the way is that you can obviously get the skills. That's important, and we'll talk a bit more about those skills as we go along. But for me, what I've sort of the position I come from now is is understanding where I'm coming from. And so I can get my message across from the place of rather than just dictating and telling people stuff, you, you have to tell the story of why this is important. Uh, and I guess story is a big thing, isn't it, when it comes to uh, getting a message across?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, so the, the the way we are as human beings is that we are partly dictated to by our emotions and s- storytelling is so, um, we 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 have had stories told to us from when we were babies and children. We know that there's going to be a positive outcome. Uh, we, we know the structure of a story. We know that there's a journey of of perhaps some challenge and everything works out for itself in the end. And so to be able to use storytelling within a message, whether that's a podcast like this or a presentation, people are able to remember how they feel when they hear that story far more than any statistics. So um, you know as well as I do that you can use statistics and then you use um, a case study, a story, to under my underline what you're saying and it's the story that people will remember
0: yeah it makes it a lot easier to remember as well doesn't it because you sort of i I think it's because you connect with it emotionally don't you and rather than just give facts and figures it's actually you can sort of feel what the the the, um the speaker is actually feeling almost and that's that's the that's the trick isn't it is to to get that emotion in uh, that you're feeling into your or what you're saying, and that lands and is it, it's easier to remember in some way. And I, I suppose there's some sort of psychology around that and w- w- why that works. But it, it, I can, you know, definitely understand that when someone is talking about something that they've actually experienced, then rather than just um, telling something that actually doesn't really resonate, you can sort of pick it up, can't you? Quite quickly.
1: Absolutely. And in yeah. the case for me. Um, It would be very easy for audiences um, or clients to say, well, it's okay for you. You're an opera singer. You don't know what it's like to get nervous. But when I tell them my personal journey from that shy teenager and and the fact I really, really do understand, then that's what's powerful for them, using that as an example.
0: Hmm. So can you you remember back to the moment you realised that, you know, I've got to do something about this and, and, you know, sort of... uh, uh, and what that action was, what the first step you took?
1: Well, it, since we're going down the storytelling route, it, it's <laughs> worthwhile, um, if you don't mind me sharing another little story, which was. Yeah, please happening. do. I, um, unfortunately, I was involved in a very, very serious accident in Kenya, and um, I was the only survivor, and I was very, very lucky. be found and I was treated in a little tiny bush um, hospital where they checked my pulse every 15 minutes for three days and I survived I mean it was but I had a lot of physical um, injuries life-changing injuries and um, obviously had post traumatic shock disorder as well but I came back to United Kingdom to be treated eventually when I was well enough to be moved and um, after about a year um, a friend of mine said why don't you come along to this choir Um, but you'll have to audition Um, and I'd always sung in choirs, Um, I I could sing any line, I was one of those at school and um, I just started singing and the conductor, who's now a very famous international conductor, said, stop, stop, you need to get your voice trained. This is a remarkable voice. Mm. Um, And so I I was quite surprised, uh, but I went and had singing lessons, which was a great therapy for me as well. And I had to push myself really hard to get myself into the limelight Um, and I did go to music college. I got scholarships and I studied in the United Kingdom and in Italy where I got an Italian scholarship, but I, I was forced into facing this, but also I was given those skills and ways to manage your nerves and manage how you perform. So I was actually, it, although it was quite stressful and very competitive, all of a sudden I had the opportunity to catch up with my peers who had probably been singing as a solist from when they were nine years old.
0: Right. So that that so that conductor, whoever it was that spotted your voice and uh, gave you that advice, obviously had that was a, a pivotal meeting. Uh, that person obviously from doing that um, obviously set you down a path of, you know, becoming the opera singer that you, you became, which is, yeah. um, you know, you look back on these moments, don't you? And you think, wow, oh. that, if that guy had never said anything, then, you know, yeah. I might not, not have ever taken this path.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah. and you, you know, not only that, but the music was very um, very healing for me at a time when, mm. you know, life was not easy at all. Um, but I actually wrote to him, care of his agent, and I had a letter back saying, "Do you know I do vaguely remember because you came in on sticks?" <laughs> <laughs> and said, so, "I know, I know." Um, and he said, "Yeah, you, your voice really, really hit me, um, and I'm so glad you took up my advice." Yeah, contacted. I never contacted him and, and, you know, maybe if I'd been in a different place, I would have contacted him earlier to see if there was any advice or anything, you know, but I didn't use the contact, um, did it on my own and yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's a powerful story. Um, It just shows, doesn't it, that we all need someone to just to, you know, actually give us a bit of a, you know, send us in a direction. If they see something is, is, is to, um, you know, just say something if you see someone that has got some talent, give them some I, advice so they can actually take take some steps to make the most of it.
1: I agree with you. Mm. I I believe that we all have an inner maestro in us, you know, if we refer to him as il maestro. Mm. Um, because we do see things in other people i suppose our ego gets in the way sometimes if we think oh um but but i'm good at this but actually you do have a duty to other people as as other human beings to say do you know what that's great you you, do that more because that's where you should be
0: well i I think there's nothing better than actually you know seeing something in someone and um and and bringing it out in them you know I, I, back yes. in my retail days we used to have a lot of 16 year olds that used to come and it was their first job and they've never really dealt with anything in the public arena and you know and from the time they jo- joined us and the time they leave which was generally 18 when they went to either got a job or went on to university you know one of the big yes. joys of that is actually seeing them how they they just get that uh, confidence that you know they need, um, which will stand them in good stead. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that, I think that's a really important message for anybody that's out there. They see anybody that's um, you think, well, that that person's got more than they're actually you know showing, uh, and, and just give them a bit of a quiet word and the idea, and send them on their way. I think uh, it's an important thing to do. But anyway, we sidetracked a bit from from the the subject. So you you, you, you got in. And I don't apologise. That was my my, my questioning. Um, so you you got into singing um and but now you're into helping people communicate um in, in various ways and uh, tell us about those different ways that you you help people with that communicating
1: Well, very much because of my background um being a being a stage animal, ironically now, very much I see that um i'm empowering people to create impactful performances so with the content that they have with their body language the way they perform and also their voices so if i were to use an example of somebody that perhaps in a meet is in a meeting And wants to make sure that they're noticed, but not one of those shouty people, because we we always have shouty people in meetings. But someone that has really got something considered to say, but to make sure that they are able to share a message, that it lands really well with the audience, but that their body language and vocally, they are impactful so that people notice them.
0: Right. So let's pick that apart a bit. So yes. um, let's talk about the voice. I've got. I've written down a few words to prompt him and remind me. But um, obviously, people got different accents, uh, and that's yes. worth sort of mentioning how that impacts. But when we talk about our voice, what what can we do that really will help us um, let the, the the message land a bit better than maybe we've um, it's previously landed.
1: Okay. One thing that I always say, whether you have an accent or not, whether your voice is very quiet or too loud or um, husky or whatever, we need to make it as easy as possible for other people to listen to us. So if we've got a very, very strong accent or if we speak very quietly or it's dare I say it, a voice that, that the sound of the voice isn't very pleasant, or you're speaking too fast, um, other people are going to switch off. Mm. So as with everything, make it as easy as, per- as possible for the other person. If you speak very, very fast and you're aware of it try and slow down consciously try to slow down if you've got a really really strong accent and and by the way we all have an accent it's not just people from sorry that don't have an accent you You do actually have an accent love um
0: (laughs) right okay
1: um, you know, one of one of my neighbours around the corner, he's from Glasgow, and he does a lot of training within the health and, health and safety area. He knows if he goes up to Glasgow, he can speak with a strong Glaswegian accent. Fantastic. But he knows that if he's um, training down here, and I live in Hertfordshire, he has to modify things a little bit. He speaks slightly slower. He doesn't use... local slang um and he he um is is very very clear with his diction to make sure that everybody in the room really understands him
0: Mm. so so the the one thing there that i picked up is it's understanding who your audience are uh, and (laughs) uh, so that you don't just um you can't just go into every audience and just be the same you've got to do a bit of homework i guess
1: i think so i Mm -hmm. i believe that taking the time to understand who your audience is. So, for example, it might be that I'm speaking to an audience where, with respect, most of the people speak English as their non-native tongue. Now, not only do I need to make sure that I speak slightly slower because I don't know how good their English is, but also use vocabulary that is perhaps slightly less sophisticated, not because they're not intelligent, but they're more likely to understand the content.
0: Yes, isn't that one of the things that puts people off more than anything is when we start introducing too much jargon for a start and then also getting a bit too technical with an audience maybe that really aren't really at that stage and and getting too much into the detail. Is that something you see a lot of?
1: yeah and and quite often in presentations people throw in an awful lot of detail when in fact what's required is what i call top level information mm. because then people can ask questions if they need more detail or it might be that they're provided with a pack of more information well why repeat that
0: yeah 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 and you also mentioned about body language so so <laughs> how does that fit into the uh, when you're when you're speaking, how, how how can we make the most of our body language and what, what are the mistakes that people make?
1: Do you know that, um, you know, the, the Moribian communications model that people still quote or, more importantly, misquote? <laughs> I went back to his original work, and what he basically says, and it makes complete sense, is that if you're saying something, you need to make sure that the content of what you're saying matches the tone of your voice and your body language. So if you're saying something very impactful, like, I'm, I'm a future leader within this organization, and you've got a, li- a little voice that's saying, I've got, I'm going to be a future leader of this organisation. And you've got closed body language, you know, perhaps your head's down and your, your arms and legs are crossed in a very sort of small position. That's going to confuse your audience. So what you need to do is to make sure that the content of what you say and vocally and your body language all matches.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I was just going to say, um, I've got another word written down here that says charisma, and which I, I suppose charisma really is about actually making connecting with your audience, but actually they are connecting with you for, for yeah, so you that do. you're coming through as authentic and genuine, and that this message is, you know, um, I'm not just reading from a script. It's something that I feel passionate about, and that that's something that you, I, I guess, you have to work on because it's not it's not easy, is it?
1: No, there are some people that they've just got it from the word go. Mm. And going back to music college um, times, there were people there who were utterly charismatic. Now, it might have been they were born like that. There's a possibility that from a young age, they were performing and everybody was telling them how wonderful they were, which they were. And they had a, a acquired those skills at a very young age to really understand about engaging with and connecting with their audience.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of this is, is, is very much connected to having a, um, you know, a, a, an idea of about, about yourself. Um, I talk about, in my leadership talks, about knowing me, knowing you and understanding yourself and yes. how you come across to others, and it's having that sort of emotional intelligence to understand that i I am me and you know other people are other you know they're all their own people, but understanding yes. where you're coming from and how your message tends to la- to land uh, and and that's a, a key element I think that um, it has to come across somehow how isn't it
1: oh absolutely understanding your audience what they need why they're there um how you could challenge them if if it's that particular sort of message or presentation is crucial and putting mm. the time in to do that makes a difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to watch a lot of Ted talks and there's some great ones and then there's some <laughs> awful ones. There's not too, actually, there's not too many awful ones because actually to get to do a Ted talk, they're, they're quite strict and there's obviously a lot of people that want to do them. So there's not too many that come through and they uh, so, I guess that's a good place to look for you know examples of of, of good good presentations and how to present yourself well, is that? Yeah.
1: It, that's an interesting one because mm. obviously they're quite short, yes, and um those people that are speaking will have been trained up. Mm. they have training beforehand and they have rehearsals on that stage Now you know as well as I do from speaking that you don't always have that luxury of having some rehearsals technical rehearsals and things like that before you give your talk
0: <laughs> Yes absolutely yeah yeah get that
1: but but having said that they they tedx um, the each individual one they employ, Um, very very good training for their speakers now Mm. their speakers with respect there are some that might not have spoken before but they are trained up to do that 10 minutes so well that they can do that
0: yeah yeah so as we're on the subject of training I I know obviously that's part of what you do but is there any other um, sort of uh, places where people can um, learn to to be better speakers?
1: With respect of getting some experience, just yeah. go out there. Um, I work closely with a charity in Hertfordshire. And alongside them, we have we have worked on what's called an ambassador program. So individuals volunteer and they might do a five minute presentation on behalf of the charity or go and collect a check or things like that. And I've provided them with some training. There are lots of charities who are desperate to have people to represent them, um, to do presentations to local community groups. And the great thing is that you are learning in a very safe atmosphere. Um, You're giving back to a charity and you're you're not putting too much pressure on yourself whilst gaining those new skills.
0: Right. Yeah, that's good advice. I've never thought about that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure there's organisations that are always looking for people to represent them, and um, it's good experience in in a yeah in a receptive audience that hopefully aren't there to um, you know um, give you boo you and um, throw tomatoes (laughs) at you because that's (laughs) and and I think isn't that what puts people off that obviously we're going back to. Your mindset when you want to, well, when you stand in front of a, an audience, whatever that audience is, whether it's your team or whether it's uh, people that you don't really know, it's actually getting that place where you you um, have got something in your head that you are in a positive mindset and that you're not thinking that for some reason these people are not going to want to listen or they are, um, you know, they they they're, they're they are there to um you know see you fail because you know people aren't like that you know people want to see you succeed don't they
1: yes well um psychologically um if you have an intention if you have um a sort of vision or a target of something that you're going to say that can override the fear So if I have a target that I must say this thing, I must share this with the group and you're focused on that, then you're going to neutralize all of those negative little voices that are going on. Oh, gosh, they're all going to laugh at me. I'm going to get sacked. I'm going to be demoted from this job because of saying this
0: yeah so it really is just getting that that, um, that right uh, right place. Yeah, um, sad, sadly, yeah, sad, sadly, the time is running out oh. as um, it goes so fast these 30 minutes. <laughs> um, um, but um, what we tend to do, I always ask my my um, my guests is to leave us with three top tips where uh, around the topic. So what would your top tips be around someone that is maybe just starting to venture into the the speaking arena? come communicating with their team, what were those sort of three things that um, we probably we've probably already covered them, but probably um, we need to re- revisit them.
1: Well, first of all, I would always consider the audience, why they're there, what they want to get out of the meeting or the presentation, what outcomes do you want for your audience? What do you want them to do? Um, secondly, I would say, take time to prepare, whether that's in a meeting or a presentation, work out what you're going to say. And finally, make sure that the first thing that you say and the last thing that you say are very powerful. The first thing that it's a really good hook so that they are engaged with what you're going to say. And the last thing, a call to action, whether it is we will meet next week to discuss this further or I want to have your information by tomorrow or something like that
0: yeah yeah so people take action that's great well thank you Susan for for your time today uh, it's been uh, it's it's been a bit of a whistle stop tour of um uh, of the subject but um you know lots to take on board um and great value so thank you again and um I, we hope to meet in, in person one day because we haven't done no. that yet
1: That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the reluctantleader.academy. And if you get a chance, please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening. And also, share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit. Leadership is a choice. If you have the right mindset, know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process, you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy. Don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.